from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Patch Tuesday. That's right. Yesterday, all everyone in the whole planet decided that it would be a magnificent day to just throw out all of your patches in one day and hope that we can all patch them. So today is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. We've got a packed, packed show this morning. So much to cover around Patch Tuesday, as well as several other stories that are catching my eye as a practitioner, stuff that I'm looking at and more. So before we get started, though, make sure to subscribe to the show. Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform and give us a five-star rating. Yesterday, I launched a brand new episode of CISO Talk with my good buddy and mentor, Wes Knight. He's a retired CISO from the Georgia Department of Revenue, currently doing some vCISO work as well and mentoring a lot of the next generation of leaders in cybersecurity. A great episode for those looking to break into the industry or trying to grow in finding the right kind of balance between leadership and skills and so forth. A very insightful 38 minutes. Go and check that out on the CISO Talk podcast, or you can find it on our YouTube channel for the video version. Now let's go ahead and kick off with our morning cup of coffee. I've got my espresso. Join me with a coffee cup. Cheers. And let's have a great shot. I say this almost every patch Tuesday, but I feel like it's just such a bad idea to do everything at once. Well, Microsoft yesterday fixed 97 different flaws, including one exploited zero-day vulnerability. The number of bugs in each vulnerability category are listed here right in front of us. 20 elevation of privileges, 8 security feature bypass, 45 remote code execution, 10 information disclosure, 9 denial of service, and 6 spoofing vulnerability. The uh, the zero-day fixed by Microsoft is CVE 2023-28252. It's a Windows common log file system driver elevation of privilege vulnerability. Microsoft fixed this in the Windows CLFS driver that elevates privileges to system, the highest user privilege available in Windows. An attacker who successfully exploited this vulnerability could gain system privileges. Microsoft says the vulnerability was discovered by Ganawi Yang with Mandiant and Quan Jin with DeepApps Security Weben Labs. However, Kaspersky uh, says they also discovered and reported the CVE vulnerability to Microsoft after seeing it exploited in the Nokoya ransomware attack, while not, at, while, not, while not actively exploited, Office Word and Publisher Remote Code Execution vulnerabilities were also fixed today, and those can be exploited simply by opening a malicious document. There's a whole slew of other updates. We'll move to Adobe, who are patching 56 security vulnerabilities across a wide range of products, some serious enough, some serious enough to expose Windows and Mac OS users to code execution attack, Adobe raises special attention to its APSP 23-24 bulletin that covers critical severity security flaws in Adobe Acrobat and Reader software. Successful exploitation there could lead to arbitrary code execution, privilege escalation, security feature bypass, and memory leak. The company documented at least 16 vulnerabilities in Acrobat and Reader updates and said it's not aware of any in-the-wild exploitation at this time. Adobe also documented a critical severity code execution flaw in Adobe Digital Editions for Windows and Adobe InCopy. The April batch of Patch Tuesday updates also provides cover for 14 documented issues in Adobe Substance 3D Stagger, some serious enough to lead to arbitrary code execution and memory leak in the context of the current user. Adobe also rolled out patches for Adobe Dimension, Substance 3D Designer, and other products 
all within their patch too. So they want to make sure those are set. And again, auto patching a lot of these endpoint products is critical because they, they launch, you make sure you're getting it done on Tuesday night, going into Wednesday, you auto schedule them. You make sure everyone in the company knows on this day, don't turn off your devices, keep them plugged in, keep them on overnight so that you can get all your patches done. And you're done with it, at least on the endpoints. We'll get to the server stuff later, obviously, and then stuff that could cause business interruption. Uh, we get there's a change management process there. But but the endpoint, the, the, the simple stuff, the stuff that we can get done, let's get it done and knock it out so that we can focus on the busy stuff. That's why when I did my, my top five favorite security startups uh, kind of deal, I, I brought up Automox just for that reason. SAP releases security updates for two critical severity flaws. So enterprise software vendors, uh, SAP released their security update for April for several of its products, which includes fixes of two critical uh, severity vulnerabilities that impact the SAP diagnostics agent and the SAP business object business intelligence platform. In total, SAP released 24 notes, 19 of which concerned new issues of varying importance and five updates to the previous bulletin. The three most critical issues fixed this time is CVE 2023-27267. 27865 and 2901186. The 27267 is an insufficient input validation for missing authentication issues impacting the OS command bridge of SAP Diagnostic Agent version 720. Uh, 28765 is an information disclosure vulnerability that impacts SAP business objects BI platform uh, in versions 420 and 430. And the uh, 29186 is directory traversal flaw impacting SAP NetWeaver version 707, 737, 747, and 757. Those allow an attacker to upload and override files on a vulnerable SAP server. The remaining are all low to medium vulnerabilities, and speedy patching is important according to SAP and CISA, which CERP vendors targeted a whole lot more than others. If you're in the security side and you're a Fortinet customer, they've also joined the Patch Tuesday uh, uh, mix here, and they've got a bunch of updates to a whole bunch of their products from 40 Sword to 40 Client, 40 NAC, 40 ADC, and 40 DDoS, and 40 DDoS-F command injection. Uh, all of those are there, including 40 Client in Windows um, and, 40 and 40 Presence, uh, 40 Web and 40 ADC and 40 OS and 40 Proxy, 40 Analyzer, a whole bunch of Fortinet updates in part of April. So you want to make sure you get those done as well. We move to our critical infrastructure and ICS where Siemens and Schneider Electric have posted their advisories for Patch Tuesday and they're addressing a total of 38 vulnerabilities found in their products. This brings up roughly to 100 security vulnerabilities in the last few months between Siemens and Schneider Electric. Siemens published 14 new advisories that cover 26 vulnerabilities. Some issues have been patched. Others have workarounds and mitigation available. The company does not plan on releasing fixes for some of the impacted products. The most serious appears to be CVE 2023-28489er, a critical vulnerability affecting SICAM A8000 series remote terminal units, which are designed for telecontrol and automation in the energy supply sector. The vulnerability can allow an unauthenticated attacker to execute arbitrary commands on the targeted device, but attacks are only possible if the device is configured to allow remote operations, which is disabled by default. Siemens has also informed customers about three high-severity denial-of-service vulnerabilities affecting the web server present in multiple cymatic industrial product. Um, so, so that's on the Siemens side. We'll go to Schneider Electric. They've released six advisories covering a dozen vulnerabilities. 
The companies made po- available patches for most of the flaws and shared mitigations on the issues they haven't fixed yet. The most important based on the CVSS scores are covers two critical and one high severity vulnerabilities affecting the APC and Schneider's branded easy UPS online monitoring software. Exploitation can lead to remote code execution or a denial of service condition. Customers have also been informed about a high severity code execution issue in Insight Home and Insight Facility Smart Edge devices for solar and storage systems. Remote code execution and denial of service flaws have been found in the EcoStructure Control expert software for Modicon PLC and PACs. In addition, denial of service bugs have been found in some of the Modicon PLCs and PACs themselves. So a whole slew there from our friends over at Siemens and Schneider Electric that cover our critical infrastructure. Those require immediate attention, um, especially given uh, some of the recent activity within the ICS space. A spyware is being offered to cyber attacks via the PyPy Python repository. A malware as a service from Spain decided to use the public code repository to openly advertise their wares. Researchers discovered the malware peddlers advertising an info stealer out in the open on the PyPy repository, the official public repository for Python programming language, only with the thinnest veneer of obfuscation. The perpetrators who researched from Sonatype associated with uh, malware as a service gang called Silex Squad gave their program a not-so-subtle name, Reverse Shell. Reverse shells are programs that uh, criminals commonly use to run commands remotely and receive data from targeted computers. I think what's quite funny about this is it's just so blatant, according to Dan Khan, and I agree there. He's a developer advocate at Sonatype. Perhaps Silex Squad were advertising themselves, or they simply didn't care about being caught. Inside their reverse shell was a data heisting malware. Um, and why would someone name a malicious package so blatantly obvious? Potentially to get people to download it. Um, the program turned out to be a whole lot more than just a reverse shell. In fact, that became clear when researchers examined one of its files called Windows Defender.py. It includes various obviously named functions, including get login data, get web history, downloads cookies, credit cards, and image grab. Per the theme, the criminals had not tried hard to conceal their attention. The malware was designed to steal information with no obfuscation. Uh, this appears to be a Discord bot that executes commands and performs actions on the infected machine, according to analysis. Uh, further answers lie in another file called setup.py. Here there are several Spanish language instructions to clone GitHub repositories and execute files. Replace with the URL of your GitHub repository and path where you want to clone the repo. So a whole lot there again. DevSecOps is critical. Uh, looking at this, I mean, I'm sure none of our people you would think I think all of us, uh, everyone listening or watching would say, no way my guys would ever download something called a reverse shell. We all have that one curious person that would go and actually do it just to see what it does. So very critical to keep monitoring PyPy, share this information, open communication, building relationships is so important with this kind of threats. OpenAI launched their bug bounty program offering up to $20,000 for advanced notice on security vulnerabilities found by the good guys. The rollout of the new bug banding program comes on the heels of the OpenAI patching account takeover vulnerabilities in chat GPT that were exploited in the wild. The Microsoft-backed AI company plans to offer bounties for bugs in its flagship chat GPT, along with API, API keys, third-party corporate targets, and assets belonging to the OpenAPI research organization. The company is specifically looking for security defects in the chat GPT chatbot, including chat GPT plus, login subscriptions, OpenAI-created plugins, and third-party plugins. 
The program, which is being managed by Buckcrowd, is also looking for security issues in a target group that includes confidential open AI corporate information that may be exposed through third parties. Um, so that includes Google Workspace, Asana, Trilio, Jira, Monday.com, Zendesk, Salesforce, and Stripe, according to the company. The rewards range from $200 to $20,000. Go at it. Have a good time, y'all, and make ChatGBT a bit more secure if you can. North Korea is appears to be the mastermind behind the 3CX supply chain attack. Uh, the findings of the results are of an interim assessment conducted by Mandiant, whose services were enlisted after the intrusion came to light. It's worth noting that CrowdStrike has attributed the attack to Lazarus, um, also out of North Korea. The attack chain, based on analysis from multiple security vendors, entailed the use of a DLL site loading technique to load an information stealer known as Iconic Stealer, followed by a second stage called Gopram in selective attacks aimed at crypto companies. Mandiant's investigation has now revealed that the threat actors infected the 3CX systems with a malware code named TaxHall that's designed to decrypt and load shellcode containing a complex downloader labeled ColdCat. On Windows, the attack uses DLL sideloading to achieve persistence for the TaxHall malware. The persistent mechanism also ensures the attacker's malware is loaded at the system startup, enabling the attacker to retain remote access to the infected systems over the internet. Uh, Mac OS systems targeted an attacker said to have been backdoored using another malware strain referred to as Simple C, a C-based malware that communicates via HTTP to run shell commands, transfer files, and update configuration. Um, through CX and their CEO have been very, very active in terms of communicating with people. And you got to give your head, hats to leadership understanding. Communication is key. The Microsoft doctrine actually works. The more you communicate with your customers, the more you communicate with the community, the more people want to help, the more people will trust you and the more business you will retain. Going into a dark hole, hiding behind the wall has never uh, brought confidence to anyone in the event of an incident. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up this very, very busy week here. So thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe. Go check out my CISO talk with Wes Knight. I'm sure you will all love it. And um, Monday, on Sunday, April 16th, we'll, we'll still be hosting the live event right here in Israel. So come and check it out. Uh, until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.